<laughs> you know the vibes. We're back. Big <laughs> Jesus podcast presented by NBA 2K22. We're back. Like yes, he never sir. left. We hey, took like three days off. Hey, hey, hey. Bo, we ain't been nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't been nowhere. We, ain't we won't nowhere. stop. I think we missed one episode last week or so. I don't know. I've lost track of days. I was on the beach in LA. I said, listen, you guys are going to have to understand. I'm going to come back better than ever. I finally got some <laughs> sleep. I got two days of sleep, two days of rest, two days of sunshine. Linked up with BJ himself. We had a great time. But now we're back. Better than ever before. Busier than ever before. Because last night was the NBA draft. And BJ, if you're watching this on YouTube, in his Pistons jersey, his top. Yes, sir. He's in yes, a sir. good mood. In fact, <laughs> BJ rang me and said, I don't even want to talk about the draft. I don't want to talk about one team. So guess what we're going <laughs> to yeah. We're going to save them for the very end. And we're going to talk about yes, the rest sir. of the draft. If Bo, guess it. where we gonna be? Guess where we gonna be in the playoffs? You and I. Um, Detroit basketball. I mean, I mean, yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. We're gonna, we're gonna the see. The rest you guys. of the league is sleeping on us. They were sleeping on us. Well, I, I'm excited for Detroit because because we get to see them up close and personal in Paris. But before we get to Detroit, let's talk about the rest of the NBA draft because. Up until yesterday, it was kind of com- consensus. Everyone was saying Jabari Smith is going to be the number one overall pick. Everyone right. was saying Jabari Smith. Right. And then in the middle of the night, the see, I don't gamble, so I don't really know what this all means. But the Vegas bookmakers shifted all of the odds drastically to putting right. Paolo Banchero as the number one overall pick. Now, I don't know what kind of intel they got or some information leaks or whatever may have happened. But Paolo Banchero, congratulations, the number one pick in the NBA draft, representing Italy and the US. This is more of the international European takeover, BJ. Um, he went number one to the Orlando Magic. What did you make of that pick? Were you as surprised as I feel like everyone else was that they moved off Jabari and not even Chet Holmgren, they went for Paolo? Well, the answer is yes and no. In the end, Mo, when you have the number one pick, Nine times out of 10, you're going to go for the safe pick. And I understand the mindset of what Orlando did and why they decided to go in that direction. Why did they go in that direction? Let's look at Chet Holmgren. High risk, high reward. What's the risk? You know, it's been much talked about his body. He's only 185, 95 pounds. At he weighs as much as my left leg. And if he is healthy four or five years from now, we could very well be saying Chad Holmgren is the next whatever Chad Holmgren is going to look like with his skill set. The other kid, Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith from Auburn, you know, there's, you know, they were upset in the tournament. He is a player that, you know, I didn't do the background and all those things on him, and I'm not insinuating anything came up in his background. I don't know him. His dad actually was on a contract with the Orlando Magic, despite never playing the game. His, his, dad played, his dad played in the NBA. But I would venture to say is that they went for who they felt most comfortable with when they did their – when they oh. did their – 
when the when the kids came in to 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 see them, right? Well, you know, that's so- that's what's interesting though is Paolo Banchero didn't actually go in to see the Orlando Magic. Uh, see the Orlando Magic. He didn't go for a workout or a meeting during his pre-draft process. Okay, so it's three components that make up this. You know, you know, we in the in NBA terminology call it. You want to you want to bake the full pot, right? You want to yeah. bake it, right? So there's one part which we all can see, which is the scouting component. Mm-hmm. There's another part which you you and I can't see, which is what happens on that visit when that person comes in, right? He meets the staff. You get a chance to interact with them for two or three days, and you get a chance to see is this a good fit. And then there's another component which you and I don't have privy to, which is the medical. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's two out of the three major components that we just can't see. They do a medical, now, and they we do don't a, have, and they do a psychological evaluation as well. Yes, most players, especially being drafted there, won't allow you to do that. Okay. Okay, so most so. You know, psychologically, run two X. What what do you need to? What do you need? How how difficult is that? Okay, <laughs> if you can't run two X, you probably won't get drafted. Yeah, but that's another discussion. So two out of the three things, really three out of the three things, because we're not actually going to watch the players live, which you know, Mo, we can watch the games on TV, but it's totally different when you're in the building. Yeah, and you're sitting right there, and you can watch them. So. Before we can actually evaluate these players and be honest and at least honest with ourselves based on the performance, you got to give yourself four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. Which everyone wants, wants to be right or wrong, uh, you know, uh, you know, telling which way um, right or wrong on, you know, the players or, you know, we should have drafted this guy. We should have drafted that guy. Um we have to be able to assess and give these players time. Now, in the end, when you take all of those three things into, you know, into consideration, right? Mm-hmm. You got to properly scout them. You got to get the medical. Okay. And then you're going to bring them in. Okay. We're going to bring them in. Then, then you can make a decision. So whatever Orlando saw, in those things without question it affected the reason they drafted and and it's and and mo i've had i've been in those draft rooms and sometimes you have to do things based on something that you just can't say or maybe you have a gut instinct or better yet maybe you may have wanted to draft player x mo is you know it's like dating mo right she may like you, you may like her or, you know, whatever the scenario may be, but it just wasn't a good fit when you got together at dinner. It wasn't a good fit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel and, you. and for whatever. So in the end, Mo, this is the thing that when you go into a draft, you always look for the players who separate themselves. Those three players, Chet, Holmgren, Jabari Smith and Paolo, we're all in a group. Yeah. In the end, doesn't mean that one player was better than the other or whatever. What it mean, what it meant was the fit was the best. So that they and that's what they went with. I like the fit for the Orlando Magic. I think they're gonna be one of the most exciting. I'm not saying they're gonna win a bunch of games, but they're gonna be exciting to watch. 
assuming that Mo Bamba leaves, in, he's a free agent, and I think a lot of teams will be after him, and they put Wendell Carr Jr. at the five and put Paolo Banchero at the four, then you've got Jonathan Isaac and Franz Wagner. I don't know who you're going to put on the bench or if you're going to put them all out on the court and have these four massive wingspan, super lengthy wings well, well, me, alongside Suggs or Fultz or one of the many guards that they've got. But it gives Orlando a lot of versatility now and a lot of options. Well, let me let me share something. You know, when you have all these young players, okay, here's the biggest mistake that all of these teams, you start saying they got versatility, they got this. Every team has versatility. <laughs> Every team has NBA players. Every team. This isn't like they are a powerhouse team in college where they're just, they have better talent. Every team has a guard that can do a windmill dunk. Everything, okay? It's important for one of these players. It's important for one of these players to do the following, all right? And, and, and the key word that I said here, and I said it kind of casually, someone has to separate themselves from the pack. Yeah, become the superstar. What, you don't have to become a superstar. You have to become what's called an NBA player. Mm-hmm. The, the, the thing that we, the, the thing that concerns me now is the following. We draft these players, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, you know, Paolo, Markel Folks, Suggs. We, we draft those players, you know, uh, Anthony. Okay. We drafted all these players based on potential and we evaluate them on potential. But the only thing that allows these players to become a serviceable NBA player, a star player, a role player, or a superstar is performance. And right now, Mo, they have a team that hasn't performed. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. Do I like their potential, Mo? Do you think it's the lack of, players, lack of veterans then on the team? No, 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 or no, no, no. coaching. All of that or... is Mo. Veterans, if we're gonna have a real conversation, when you are a veteran player, Mo, okay, I'm I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give our audience a little secret. I'm a 10-year veteran player in the NBA. Mo is a rookie. What makes you think, Mo, that I don't want to continue to play for 10 more years in the NBA? I'm making, let's say I'm making eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. Why would I just want to stop playing to help Mo take my job and stop playing in the NBA? Interesting. No, no, no. Because it's, 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 it's assumed that it's, the veterans will help the exactly. young guys learn it's, how to be it's professional. Assumed, but Mo. This is competition. Mm. Mo is the new guy in in uh, at the at, at, at working at let's say one of ESPN or whatever. Mo is the new guy on the block. What would assume that I want to train the guy to replace me mm-hmm. in my job? Why 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 would you assume that? Interesting. Yeah. Think about Mo. I, think about Mo. This is competition. Why yeah. would my, why would why would all of these competitive athletes say, "Oh yeah, you drafted that guy. I'm going to train this guy to take my job." 
So I think that speaks a lot to the culture of different organizations because there are some organizations no, no. where you see the veterans really do help the younger players. Okay. No. There isn't, there isn't a player in the NBA that's doing that. And that's not that that's that's false. That's a false narrative. So so you don't think no. like a, a Draymond a Golden State is helping these young guys? Because at the end of the day, these guys know they can't play forever and they've been okay. on a max contract. Okay. Like, let, let, let me let me let me let me let me let me clarify what this what this means. So you say, why would I, why would if I'm Draymond Green, why would I or any veteran, let's just take a veteran. Why if I'm a veteran player? Why am I going to help a younger guy take my job? Let's just think about, just think about that. Because you will not be able to do your job 10 years from now. Like that's an unescapable okay. reality. Mo, if that is the case, then you wouldn't have anyone to talk about. You couldn't talk about the players. You saying this guy's overpaid or why is this guy? <laughs> who, who would you, who would you have to talk about in the media? One of the a hot take. Why is this guy getting paid? This guy doesn't deserve it. He's this and X. That's what this is all about. So, what does a veteran player do? What veteran players do is they police themselves and they police the team. That's called discipline. What a veteran player does is he polices himself and he polices the team. What does that mean? Okay. You get a veteran guy in the locker room. That veteran guy never plays. And that guy is telling you how to play, but he never plays. Udonis Haslam. Okay. That guy never plays. Okay. Yeah. He has no credibility. Okay. He has no credibility. Okay. So you say you bring out Udonis Haslam. Okay. Every scenario you can't put under an umbrella to say it works for everybody. Udonis Haslam is a coach of the team. Every situation is different. Yeah. Every, but the guys who are policing the team is Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo. Those are the guys, Kyle Lowry now, those are the guys who are policing the team. Kyle, uh, uh, the 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 uh, Udonis Haslam is a very unique situation. Why? Is because he's basically a player coach. That's what he yeah. is. Yeah, basically. he's okay. an assistant coach but, in a uniform. Okay, exactly. But if you want to have veteran leadership, he has to play. You have to lead by example. Okay, you can't you can't just talk. You can't talk a good game. You can't talk your way through this up here. Yeah. That's why it always, I always chuckle when they tell me culture and all those things. Okay. Okay. So the reason I wanted to talk about veteran leadership is the second pick in the NBA draft was the Oklahoma City Thunder, who now have yes. a very young team and not yes. really many veterans to go along with it. They selected Chet Holmgren at number two, and they also made some other interesting picks. They, uh, cashed in some of their future assets to pick up mm-hmm. Usman Jiang from France, another European talent. Um, was that the number 11 pick from the Knicks, I believe? And then at number 12, mm-hmm. they took Jalen Williams. So they've got a bunch of guys that are all great playmakers. Add them to like Postkevsky, Giddy, Shai Gilders-Alexander. 
So they've got a whole bunch of young pieces that are mismatched. They can fit together. Uh, Paul Skevsky and Chet Holmgren standing next to each other has got to be like the skinniest front court duo of all time ever to up in the NBA. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see how that lands. Um, but what do you think about OKC and, and what they're doing with with their with the selections? They it's make? a great experiment. It's a great experiment. Mm. It's 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 like it's kind of like this three point shooting era where you're just running offense and not playing defense. It's all right. It's a great experiment. It sounds good. In the end, in the end, Mo, here's the, here's the, here is the billion dollar question. We love to talk about shooting, which is a premium. We love to talk about offense and pace and space and all of those things, right? We talk about all those things all year. Analytics, true shooting percentage, all of those things. This guy is the greatest shooter of all time. This guy is, okay, we talk about all the things, right? And they're fun to talk about, right, Bo? Because that, okay. You and I sat at the NBA Finals. What won, what won the series, Mo? Defense. Okay. All right, now you're talking well, I mean, to I me. wanted to say turnovers, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, now you're talking to me. So in the end, which that's not fun. That's not exciting to talk about. Who wants to talk about defensive slides? Who wants to talk about the guy who can control the paint? Who wants to talk about toughness? Well, Chet Holmgren could become that guy who controls the paint and plays defense if, if he can become physical enough to compete. Okay, that's a big if. If you're going to win a championship, you can't use the word if. You do or you do not. <laughs> okay, Yoda. Okay, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not saying Yoda. I'm just saying if doesn't win a championship. Do or do not. There is no try. It is. So, so now, this is a great experiment from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. They're going to draft all of these players, refer to them as assets, Mm-hmm. And the analytic people, they love this. Oh, this guy has the most draft picks and whatever. I haven't seen draft picks win. I haven't seen draft picks win a championship. I haven't seen that. What I've seen is players perform. That's the bottom line. So I love the experiment. I think it's a great way to go about it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But what I am saying is, it, it, I just haven't seen anyone do it yet. It didn't work for Philly, it, but, but but anyway. It, so Paolo went first, Chet went second, and the camera yeah. showed Jamari Smith, who looked quite sad, a little bit deflated, anticipating that he would have been the number one pick. Anyway, he got picked up number three by the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to come in, shooting a bunch of threes, knocking down shots, contributing right away. Um, you know, let's see, six foot ten. And he yes. might be the best shooter in the entire draft class. I know BJ just said we don't want to talk about shooting, but I think he could fit nicely um, with with the Rockets. They've got Alfred Schengen, who can give you like an inside-outside dynamic because he's great working in the post down low. And now you've got Smith, who's going to give you um, a lot of shooting from the outside. I don't know about Houston. They're in kind of a similar situation to Orlando in terms of just being a young squad. Uh, John Wall, of course, opted into his contract, so he might get bought out or get traded. How's things looking for Houston? Now, those three teams who are the top three picks, Orlando, OKC, and Houston, if you had to pick one who has the brightest future, who would you pick? 
Well, you know, Mo, I'm going to summer league so I can answer this question. I'm looking for the players that can do one, <laughs> two, or three of the following defense. <laughs> first, first, okay, we talk about Jabari Smith and what he can do on the offensive end. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> hey, he's the best shooter. Well, how you have best shooter when you don't have anybody organizing pass you the ball? Mm-hmm. See, that doesn't work in the NBA. All those things you could shoot, okay, that doesn't work in the NBA. So the first thing I'm going to look for is which one of those three players, or actually I'm going to look at all of this. Really, I'm only going to look at one team, but I'm going to look at the uh, other. We'll ones. get to it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Jabari, in my humble opinion, Jabari Smith should be the best defensive player out of that group. More so than Chet Holmgren. Why? Because Chet will have to affect the game in the same capacity as a Rudy Gobert. Yeah, rim protector. Not rim so protector. much on the perimeter. He's not going to be able to have the versatility to defend. Maybe, maybe. I shouldn't say that. But I, I seriously doubt whether he'll start switching on guard oh God, perimeter so. players yeah. and all those things. Okay. So, but this kid, Jabari Smith, I love his size, his athletic ability. He, you know, he has that, he's an athlete. So I think he has the ability to be the best defender. At the very least, he should be a, he should be an above average defensive player. That's the first. At his size at 6'10", I think he should be able to average anywhere between 8 to 12 rebounds a night. Okay. Okay. I think this, I think the kid, I think the kid could average 20 and 8 right out of the box. Like, just going out there and playing. Yeah. Now, do I think he can average three to four assists? Absolutely. Because he's that level of player, right? He should be in transition. At some point here, he should have mismatches from time to time, depending on what position he settles in. You know, I would love to see him be a, a big time three man in this league at his size. You know, I could see him not stopping those players, but I love, I love matchups, Mo. Yeah. I can see him matching up with Jason Tatum. I can see him matching up with Jalen Brown. I could see him matching up with, a LeBron James. I could see him matching up with a Kevin Durant. I could see him matching up with Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. I see him, Jonathan Kaminga. I can see him matching up with all of those players. Okay. I could see him matching up with Luka Doncic. I didn't say he could stop him, but at his size, at 6'10, that's yep. a good matchup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he's I got the raw tools to be. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Got, he's got all, he checks off all of the boxes. Now, whether or not he has the mentality to take on the responsibility with those tubes. Can he play through adversity? Can he play and play through what Kawhi yeah. Leonard and Paul George and all of those players he's going to have to play? That's going to take some time. But yeah. let me assure you, he has all of the physical gifts that you want at that position, which to me, that's what surprised me about the pick with Paolo. Okay, that's fair okay. enough. Okay, that and I and, and again, I can't see that. So now I have to see, you know, in the games now. Yeah, Chad Holmgren. Mo again, I'll say this: he's intriguing. He really, when you watch him, this kid Chet, he really captures your imagination because you see what he could be. He Mo, he could be. A very unique player in the NBA. I mean, 
with all due respect to Chahongren, I'm waiting for Wembanyama next season. Because he's the similar kind of mold, can do all the same yeah. kind of things. Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting. Saying, you, you, and it's going to take those guys. It always takes bigs a little longer. Mm-hmm. So if he can stay healthy, Mo, and he can continue to grow, in four or five years, Mo, we could be saying this guy, if he could, you know, just stay healthy yep. and play through all of the bumps and the bruises and get through all of this. And if he can get to year four or five, Mo, we could be saying, wow, how couldn't anyone not draft this guy number yeah. one? That's a big if, well, though. Well, speaking of passing up on guys in the draft, our friend Jack of the Sacramento Kings was once again wallowing in pain. You know, they, the Sacramento Kings got history. You know, they put Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. They picked uh, T. Robinson over Damian Lillard. They picked Jimmy Fredette ahead of Clay Thompson. And um, last night, they picked Keegan Murray, respectfully. Over mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey, who I thought was the consensus right. best player outside of that top three in the draft class. So Who's sec- oh, Jaden Ivey. For me, okay. I had him down as the best player outside of the top three. Right. That's that's my take. I didn't see anyone this year talking about having Murray over Ivy. And with all due respect to Murray, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I was very surprised. I know that they, their roster, they've got De'Aaron Fox, they've got David Mitchell, so they didn't want to add um, Ivy to that mix. But the Sacramento Kings fans are stressing. But BJ Armstrong and the other fans of the Detroit Pistons were <laughs> celebrating. Because oh, not yes. only did the Detroit Pistons get Jaden Ivy with the fifth pick in the NBA draft, which could end up being one of the top three players from this draft when we look back on it. They had started the week by trading away Jeremy Grant for a 2025 first round pick to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, and they've got a very solid young core. They've got Kay Cunningham, Beef Stew, Isaiah, um, Sadiq Bay, and then they added Jalen Ivey. And then they've also added Jalen. Now, I never know how to pronounce his surname Duran or Duran or Duran. Jalen Duran, Duran, Duran. Okay. They got two great lottery picks last night, Duran and Ivy. I think they did a fantastic job. BJ, you sent me this tweet of, of what was the tweet that you sent me earlier that um, uh, about the Detroit Pistons and what they did? I can't remember. What did I send you? Well, I sent you so what's the uh, I'm, I'm uh, what, what, what did I send you? What, 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 what did I send you? Well, what he did I said, uh, Detroit GM Troy Weaver lands two of his top targets in the draft with the cost of only a future first round pick. Because let's be let's be honest here for a sec. Um, as great as it was for the Detroit fans, the losers were the Knicks fans last night because the Knicks had a confusing night. <laughs> they traded the eleventh pick to OKC, who we just talked about, and then they traded, uh, and then they received back three first round picks from OKC, who seemed to have an abundance of them. Then they traded one of those first round picks and four second round picks to Charlotte for the 13th pick, which was Jalen Duran. And then they traded him with the 13th pick and Kemba Walker to the Detroit Pistons for what did they get in return? Um, Some future first round picks. Future first round picks. I don't know. They were clearing space to try and get Jalen Brunson. That's why they were trying to, they were just trying to get rid of Kemba Walker's contract. So they said, we'll give you the player that you want at 13, Jalen Duran, in exchange for this. So the Knicks flipped 
pick number 11 for future picks and then use one of those future picks to flip that to dump Kevin Walker's contract to make a contract offer at Jalen Brunson who might not even sign there, right? He might not even sign with the Knicks. So I don't know what they were doing, but now is the part of the show where I allow BJ Armstrong to talk about his Detroit Pistons because they are now officially one of the most exciting young teams in the entire NBA. And we're going to get to see them up close and personal in Paris this January. But BJ, go ahead. Talk your talk. Well, you know what? First of all, I want to say congratulations to all of those young men who were who were drafted because it's such a special occasion, right? Thanks. And it, it, it's it, it's great. And all of these young men, you know, we all have our opinions and we were root for our team, so forth and so on. But Mo, you know, you've heard me talk. Our our our, our listeners have heard me talk, and we just asked casually who I liked in the draft. And both of those players, mm-hmm. you know, Jaden Ivy, I thought, I said, wow, this guy's an explosive athlete. The NBA game is tailor made for his for his skill set. I believe that it's we a, said uh, John Morant, but a little bit bigger. He's 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 every bit of six four. Maybe he may he's bigger than that. Okay. This guy is an NBA athlete. Now, when I tell you this, Mo, I don't know how many games this is going to translate in year one or two. But let me tell you something. There's going to be some highlight plays where I am a thousand percent confident that the Detroit Pistons will be in those highlights. And they'll be on the scoring end of the highlights, not getting posted. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be, yeah, they'll be the I'm beneficiaries saying. on the highlights. <laughs> this kid... This kid, Jay Nivey, he's that type of athlete, okay? Now, I don't know how many wins yet should we expect, but let me tell you something. Piston fans, you better get your, you better get your season tickets now because this young man is going to be exciting and we back in Motown. He is, uh-huh. he is, he's, he, he is an electrifying athlete. And, and he's an electric. And you're putting him next to Cade Cunningham. Okay. No. You, you know I mean? I'm not, I, I, wait, let me get to that, Bo. Let me get to that. Let me get to that. Okay. Now, as exciting as, as excited as we should be as Pistons, all right, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Piston guy. I thought if we got this kid Ivy, I was like, it can't be. That's that, that's just it, things never happen the way it's supposed to happen. Okay, we get the kid Ivy, phenomenal. Mo, I told you last week when we were together, I said I think this kid Duran potentially could be the best player in the draft. BJ said he should go top ten at Number least. One. Maybe top five. Yeah. And then five. five years from now, he might be looking at the no, number one pick. That's, now, no, it, Mo, the kid is 18 years of age. He reclassified to no, those no, who are no, not familiar no. with I, it. I'm sorry. Okay. If you see this guy, there's, I don't know what kids nowadays, what's in the water. I don't know where he's from. There's no way oh, he's, from, he's from Pennsylvania. He's from Philly. He's no from Philly. This guy is. And hey, let me tell you, let me, he let me like tell you, he's like 200 pounds Philly. of pure muscle. Let me, t- 
He's got let like the deepest you. voice I ever heard. There's no way this kid is 18. L- let me share with you some players who are from the Philadelphia area. Sheed. Sheed. Wilt Chamberlain. Kobe Bryant. These are the type of talents that come out of Philly. Now, it's two things come out of Philly. Talent and toughness. And cheesesteaks. Yeah. <laughs> this kid, this kid. I'm, I, I'm as excited as I am about Ivy. This kid, Duran. Let me tell you something about this. When you come into Detroit next year on a back-to-back, I would not want to play against this team with the level of athletes that they're putting together up there in Detroit. Okay. Now let's go through this. Now I'm so excited about our backcourt because we have guards up there in Detroit. We had Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars. Dave Bing is from up there. Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, this combination for the next 10 years, Ivy and Cunningham, they may be the best combination <laughs> to come through there. Now, I'm just telling you all paper. They're bigger. This I'm so excited about. There is not a better guard combination in the NBA right now than Ivy and Cunningham. They didn't even play the game together yet. No, I'll see you two of them. I said, I said, like the potential. I'm saying the potential of these guys. I've said the potential Potential. of these guys. Of these guys. There is not another better combination who has more potential than those two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you got to do something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm not going to wait to after it happens and then jump on the bandwagon. No, this is... If we're scouting, you got to put your, you got to tell what you see. Potentially, these guys, for the next 10 years, they should be the best backcourt in the NBA. They really should. Just so they have size, they have athleticism, they both can distribute the basketball, they both can da 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 da, and they both should be able to defend their position. I love this backcourt. I love it. I mean, I'm so excited. Now, this kid, Duran. Watch your head, Mo. Mo, he's going to be your favorite. He, he's your favorite player's favorite player. He's yeah. that type of app. He's like he's like that Sean Kemp, you know, like where you just gotta watch. Oh, like you gotta Prime watch DeAndre put everyone oh, in a body bag. Basket, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Mo, Mo, this guy has Mo, this guy is that type of athlete. It ain't safe. And I'm telling you, Mo, in six years. In six years, okay, he's gonna be twenty-four. He's that's 18. actually quite. That's actually quite insane. That's and when you <laughs> see his body, Mo, when you this is a man at eighteen, Mo. I don't know how good this kid's going to be, but I'm I want to find out. So, Troy I, Weaver, congratulations, the Pistons. We're so excited up there. Now, all of this is potential, and it's great. We also have Bagley. We got beef stew up there. We got mm. Sadiq Bay. We got Killian Haid. We we we're, Cade. we're the, okay. Well, we already said Kade. Kade and we already said the backcourt. I, I feel like he's. I feel like he don't get enough love though. I feel like he he didn't get enough love in the rookie of the year. I feel like he, well, he, he hasn't he got started enough. Off, Mo, he start he started off slow. He he was hurt. He was injured. Like what do you do? He I, I think he's. Sweat. I think he's gonna have a huge season this year. 
Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. If if it's any indication of how he finished the season, yeah. we're all in. Yeah, we're all in. We're not. We we know what we got up there. Now it's just exciting. Here they did an excellent job. However, they can't get wrapped up in the in the headlines because everyone's giving them love right now. Yeah, everyone's giving them love. I mean, what they did in the draft. Without question, they got the two best athletes in the draft. They were the winners of draft night, in my opinion. They just need to figure out the shooting okay. in the backcourt. But uh, uh, all that shooting and stuff, we'll figure that out. But right now, they can block shots. They can run with the best of it. And I'm telling you right now, they have guys that will put you in the basket. <laughs> Mo, if I'm a if I'm an older team, that's the one team I don't want to play. You be like, hey, I you got Bagley, you oh, got. Man. You get they're just athletes. And when you play against young people like that, you got to expend a lot of energy. So yeah. I love what they've done. And they have a little cap space. Well, a little. They've got, little they've got the most cap space I've ever put in the league. That's what I'm saying. They are in a good place right now. Troy Weaver, phenomenal, phenomenal job. And you know what we like to say up there, Mo. What up, doe? Because hey. we got the dough right now. Bro. We got the dough. <laughs> so do, you, do you think that, because there were rumors about them going after DeAndre Ayton, do you think after drafting maybe Duran, they're out the running for Ayton, or do you think they could? Well, Mo, I, I don't think you could. You know, I'm, I'm a huge component. You know, the, I, you know, you, you were talking about Sacramento. My philosophy is, regardless of position, you always get the best available talent. If you are a talent, you will figure out how to play with other great talents okay if if i if you told me i could have deandre ayton and Duran, uh uh jay nivy and kate cunningham all on the same floor and bagley mo i'm not turning that down I mean, we'll I, figure it out i thought we'll, someone we'll, who could shoot but but yeah, you'll yeah, figure yeah, it we'll, out we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hey mo we'll figure it out now we some some shooter is going to say Hmm. Maybe if I go there, maybe I can help these guys because that's those are talents. You know what I mean? If, if I go there, talents. I'm gonna be wide open. open. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you would hope that someone would figure that out, okay? So do I think? I don't think that Phoenix is gonna lose Aiden. Why? Is because you can't draft a guy number one and not get anything back in return. Yeah. So I think one or two things will happen. Could they do a signing trade for the right scenario? That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. But if, you know, in the heart, in, in the part of this negotiation is if someone does offer him a, a qualifying offer, okay, they will match it. Yeah. They're not going to lose him for anything. Yeah. He's too valuable. He's too good of a player. Cool. You can't draft a guy number one and just let the guy walk. My, okay, so my suggestion I don't know if I said this on a show or if I just said this when we were talking like a month ago. Sign a trade for Rudy Gobert. Sounds good, but I I don't know if I want that contract. I mean, you've got to go all in while Chris Paul's on this contract. So you're screwed with Chris Paul's contract anyway. That's one way to look at it. I can't. For me, it's all about value of. I hear it. Of a player's contract. And and, And listen. And I love Rudy. Get all the money you can get. Get all the money you can get. But if you're gonna if you're gonna have if you're gonna pay someone two hundred million dollars, you might as well pay DeAndre Aiden. If you're gonna pay two hundred million dollars, pay Aiden then. Mm-hmm. He's younger. Yep. 
he's a better offensive player for sure. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the big? So I think in the end, this is a tough negotiation, and they're not just saying you're a a, a, a max player just because. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong, but that's what they're saying. Yeah. And at some point here, you have to come to a happy median or be willing to, you know, let it go through and play itself out. And that's what well, they're doing right now. Free agency opens in, was it, six days from now? I'm sure yes. there's definitely no teams negotiating with players. I'm sure that's definitely not the case of what's going on right now. That definitely is not happening because um, that would definitely be against the rules. So I, I'm sure that there is no conversations happening right now. But just in case there are, we're going to be back bringing you the Hoop Genius podcast. We appreciate you guys who rocked with us all season long, but the season's not over. We've got the draft out of the way now. And then we've got the free agency, the trades, the summer league. It's going to be a busy summer, so don't go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're following. Leave us a review, five stars. You know the vibes. So just want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in. And we'll be back better than ever. Hoop Genius Podcast in full force. Get buckets. <laughs>